I'm Emily Feed, author of The Last Finestra, coming in 2022 from Wednesday Books. And I'm Anna, a teacher and a writer in the query trenches. You're listening to Basic Pitches, where we, two basic pitches, break down the basics of writing and being a writer. hour talking about religion and swear words and yeah we're just we're crushing this it. is this absolutely <laughs> this is absolutely the intro <laughs> welcome to uh basic, basic pitches. pitches happy hour again philosophy hour no <laughs> Philo- this is philosophy hour with emily and anna no we got it all out of our systems we just we did. My children asked deep questions today, so Anna got to listen to me explaining how I tried to explain the answers, and I don't know how good I did, but that's okay. This is the best. I, I don't know how anybody has children because <laughs> I can't stay. There's a point where uh, my students will ask questions, and then I'll be like, go sit down. <laughs> and they're like, but I, I have so many more things I want to know. And I'm like, I don't care. I used to say you're going to have to talk to your parents about that. And then you become a parent and you're like, oh, no. That's oh, no. Me. Yeah. Ooh. Now you get to live that it's life. It's a lot. Although, Mom. So many people are like big fans of like, just tell your kids early. And I am a big fan of like, if you can stall a little bit, it does get easier. Yeah. Like, there are so many conversations yeah. that I was like, that's a really good question. And I'm going to answer it later when I've had time to think about it. And then, like, I forget and I and a year imagine... later they're older. And I'm like, okay, yeah. now we can talk about this because it's just, it's different. It's different explaining stuff to like a yeah. six year old versus a seven or eight year old or an eight year old versus a 10 year old. Like, they're just, it's different. Right. Yeah. I would imagine that there are also some topics that if you went to go talk to them at one age and then two years later, they'd be like, Mom, what's this thing? Oh, yeah. And you're like, we already had this. Yeah, I already did it once. Don't make me do it again. Your brain forgot. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of the um, <laughs> the tried and true method of like finding books that have been written for children and then just yes. leaving them around. There you go. There, yep. You can read that. If you, you have go. any questions, come oh. to me. But look, this, this author spent a year maybe more perfecting oh, how to present on global warming yeah like like well <laughs> and the imminent doom of man someone did <laughs> the work there it is presented in a child-friendly format it's gone through a writer and an editor and an agent and it's great <laughs> and i'm here if you would like to discuss <laughs> just saying <laughs> is that the equivalent of passing it from a teacher to a parent basically a parent to a like I'm gonna panic I'm gonna deer in the headlights you know and I'm here I'm here for the conversation but I would rather my kid come to me and be like all right so I looked at that book and I'm confused versus them be like explain it all from the start I'm just imagining your husband being like honey I have a question why do we have all of this deep-seated material we don't we We have like two we have like two two books two books that were highly recommended one of them, parents, is The Care and Keeping of You. I think it's actually made by the American Girl Doll people or something like that. Oh, hey. And it's just like, you know, here's your body. Learn about your body. Which, again, like, we, you know, we do all that stuff. But just, like, it's nice to, it's nice yeah. to have a text. Because you have a support, right? Oh my gosh, it's not Anna, just you out there being like, well. I have a segue. Because <laughs> today we're talking about world building and context and, like, having enough information yeah. that was completely accidental. Look at us. Go. I'm in shock. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's the fact that I've already crushed half of this uh, beverage for this half. This is Happy Hour Episode 2, folks. Happy Hour Episode 2. Yeah, sorry. 
<laughs> or if like I'm very like I just got off of a roaring work yeah, day, did. so uh, who knows? My brain is slow. That was a great was, segue. Yeah, I We're all building. Myself. Pat 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 yes. pat. Pat, pat, pat. Yeah, you know, you need so, a bit, you need like enough contact, just enough context, but not too much context. Not too, not much. too much. We didn't even say hello to each other. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Nope. Hi, Emily. <laughs> Hi, Anna. Here we go. Let's do it. Let's talk world building. Oh, yeah. Um, where do you want to start with this? Because world building is one of my favorite things and one of my hardest lessons that I've oh, ever yeah. learned in my entire writing life. It's true. So, I just realized I today that all my world building comes from a science fiction perspective, even though I write fantasy. <laughs> that was my moment today. Oh. Well, because earlier this week, I had to draw a map. You know this. I had to draw a map. Yes. Um, yep. So, secret for all of you listening. Um, my book is a fantasy. It's an other world fantasy because there's magic and stuff, which does not exist in our world. Sorry to break it to all yes. of you. Um but after writing science fiction for so many years, I I need a grounding. Like I don't I don't start with just throw everything out the window and start from scratch. And so in my mind, as the author, my book sort of takes place in a alternate future where, you know, the gods have decided to wipe out humanity and all this stuff and blah blah blah. So I created this new world based on the Amalfi Coast of Italy, an island based on the Amalfi Coast of Italy. And so in my head, it was always off the coast of Italy. Um, even though while I was writing it, there are times where I'm saying, you know, the characters are looking out at the continent, the characters on the other side of the island are looking out at the open sea, all this stuff, because I'm just creating. And then I am asked to draw a map. And the first thing I do is pull up a real world map and go, oh, well, there's no open ocean there because it's in the Mediterranean Sea, which is actually like enclosed. <gasps> and I know that the logical thing to do here is to go, okay, it's fantasy, put it wherever you want. And here I am saying, okay, no, but okay, this is how the island is oriented, but like, but they need to be facing this way. Yep. So I got to tip, the, I got to tip the whole island. I got to tip it. And then I got to move this. And again, the whole time I'm thinking, Emily, it's fantasy. You can just move the continent. Just do whatever you want. But I really struggled with it. And so that was an interesting realization for me, just that I start in reality and I go really far away from it. But it's very hard for me to break that link and fully detach from it. So that was a yeah lesson learned. I'm still <laughs> struggling with it. No, because that's – I mean, that's how a lot of people approach world building is we look at the things that are familiar to us. Because if mm -hmm. you look at the – like, gosh, I don't have any resources on hand because this is a happy, a happy hour, hour episode, episode and I'm not supposed to be prepared. Um but there are a bunch of resources that I found, and a lot of them start out with things like, uh, you know, the physical terrain of the place that you are looking oh. at. Then you look at the government, and then you oh. look at the <laughs> religion, and you look at the food. It's the and it's like all of this stuff combined, you're, of course, going to draw on things that are around you, things that are familiar yeah. to you. And it is really hard to find that, like, how much of that line do you blur? And then... Then at that point, it's convincing your brain, like, you can blur it enough to do whatever. Yes. Um, yeah. It's that that final step of, like, letting go yeah. of the original yeah. seed. And I realized, too, yes. for me – so I think there are two very different parts of world building for me. One is the aesthetic and one yes. is the 
aspects of world building that are essential to this story. And those two are not necessarily the same. So, no. Like in The Last Finestra, the aesthetic is the Amalfi Coast of Italy. Um, the food, the sight, like it's such a uh, visceral part of my life experience. Just traveling uh-huh. there was such a, you know, game changer for me in my life. It was so important to me. You know, my, my mother speaks Italian. One of my very, very best friends lives in Rome and also is, you know, fluent in Italian, has two beautiful bilingual children who we see every summer. So mm-hmm. this is like kind of baked into my life. But it's the aesthetic. Yeah. It's the it's the culture. It's the the language. It's the food. It's the sights. It's the sounds. It's the smells. Mm-hmm. But the actual story of my book doesn't necessarily need those things. The story itself just needs yeah. the the setting. But then when it comes to like the actual society itself, the really fictional part, that is essential to the story. And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm always fascinated to look at those two things separately because they really came together in a very different way when it came to how I generated one version. One, I was pulling from things I knew. One, I was starting with a character and what they needed and didn't have and building a society around it, which is very different. That, yeah, that idea of separating world building into things that are for aesthetic, things that are there because they have to be there to create a fully fleshed out world versus the things that have to be there for character and for plot are two totally different things. And it almost feels like um, I see it a lot in D&D like campaigns uh-huh. like Dungeons and Dragons where they try and really flesh out the world and the story and they try and like build all these things and here's all these cool systems and here's this cool religion and here's all this like stuff. And then I think if you flesh that out, one thing that I have found, some people can do it, I can't, is if you flesh all that out, you're almost kind of stuck in that and then your plot has no room to mm-hmm. breathe. So, like, I've heard, like, people say, like, you have to know everything about this. Like, you have yeah. to know everything about a character. You have to know what their favorite color is and their favorite food is. And you have to know all this other stuff that's world building. And then you're just stuck. You've kind of written yourself into a corner. And you see it with D&D all the time where it's like, no, you can't go do that thing because I have this world yeah. thing <laughs> or this religion thing. And you're like, well, that's no fun and I think as a you, player. And it's no fun as a I writer. I think you could argue, too, that that's almost one of the big divides in fantasy is when I think of, like, epic fantasy, I think of all these cultures and all these societies interacting and wars and history, and that's wonderful if that's where your focus is. But for me, my focus is so kind of intimately character-driven that Mm -hmm. I really, really need to know the things that are immediately around the character. But as far as I'm concerned, if my main character does not care about the politics 100 miles away, then I don't care about the politics. It does, it, mm-hmm. it's not that it's not important. It's just a different kind of story and a different entry point to the story. Some people start with yes. the world and then have a character where the world, the the huge world around them is essential to the story. Mine usually aren't. There are certain elements yeah. of the world that are essential, but so I really start with the character and what they want and what they need. And uh-huh. I sort of build out from there. Um, so, like, in, in The Last Finestra, which might get a new title soon, so every time I say it, I stumble a bit. Um, I was trying to tell a story about a girl who had the ability, who, who needed a partner. She needed someone to be in close contact with. She needed someone to have this connection with. But when she does, it causes harm to them. And so she is someone mm-hmm. who is desperately lonely, searching for connection, 
And so in a way, the way I built her world was, okay, the one thing she wants is community connection relationships. So how can I make that as impossible as possible? And how can I make a society that makes it even more poignant that she can't have it? So I built it from here is someone who wants community and connection, so therefore I'm going to isolate her by reasons Uh of religion, reasons of tradition and culture. But also I'm going to create a society that is all about human connection and shared responsibility and community. And so because she's a religious figure, she lives in this world where she's been brought up her whole life to believe that you're always supposed to put the community above yourself, that you're supposed to value Mm -hmm. your connections, and that everyone is sort of equally valuable and important. And then she gets chosen to be the savior, and she's yanked away from everyone else. And when she finally gets a chance to rejoin society, she causes harm. She kills people by touching them. And so... My world was based on those needs. And again, that's very different from the aesthetics. This is very much the, like, my world right. building starts with the character, what they want, what they need to get at the end of the book, hopefully. And then I kind of, like, construct the society around that. Yeah. Because you can even see, like, if you start with the basis of, like, Alessa, mm-hmm. right? Like, you start with her, your main character. She, you wanted to go with this trope of she can't touch people, right? Like you start there. So that automatically means, okay, this like it bare bones, like start at the very beginning. You have nothing else, but you have that concept. You automatically know this is sci-fi or fantasy. You know, there's two things going on there. So then you have to say, okay, if it's fantasy, it's magic. What? Okay. If she has this magic, that means that do other people have magic? Do they not have magic? How can I like use that to build this character? And then from there, it just says... You just keep asking, okay, what does she need? How do I give it to her? Can I give it to her in the way of form of a magical person? And ideally, person, how can or... I make this worse for her? Which is the terrible part is here's yes, this character I exactly. said who wants to touch people and who can't. Okay, well, how can I raise the stakes? Well, what if she has to touch someone to save the world and she yeah. can't because she kills them? Okay, good start. So she wants human yep. connection. There are other ways to connect with people other than physical contact. How can I take those away from her too? <laughs> how can I make sure right. she is... Completely, everything she wants, deeply, deep down in her soul, I'm going to just keep putting up walls to put her away from it. Exactly. And then the story is how she works her way out of that. Um, Exactly. So, yeah, so I constructed, you know, I basically, it's the most evil thing. When we talk about being mean to your characters, this is what we're talking about. I have a character who wants human connection. She can't have it. How can I make it worse and worse and worse? How can I make her society about connections, which just highlights how awful it is to not have them right and yeah the basic you know setup here is that by being chosen to be the savior the expectation is that she is supposed to cut all ties and sort of like belong to the community by being apart from them she doesn't get to claim her family she doesn't get to have her name yeah and so yeah i think it's fascinating to me how some people do start with this global big picture and then zoom into one uh-huh. person, whereas other people like me start with the character and then build the society around it based on what will make it as horrible as possible for our main characters. Right. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Alessa. Right. Yeah. I guess that's like a really kind of good jumping off point is kind of like if we – obviously there's not just those two approaches, but I think if we like look at those two approaches, I think that might be a good thing to talk about is how do you world build – from both of those approaches. So how do you go about like building this massive image and then zooming in on the one story, um, which I kind of can get, like I can kind of relate to because that reminds me of my Pitch Wars book. My Pitch Wars book was a uh, space opera, which is like shelved right now um, and has been for a long time. Um, 
But it was like this massive, not just one world, but many worlds. And it was futuristic. And I had to like figure out, okay, it's futuristic. How? What happened to Earth? Earth is no longer there. Where is it? What's going on? Um, why did people separate? Okay, did they separate by cultures? Did they separate by continents? Did they separate by whatever? Um, and then how are each like, okay, then I have to work with terraforming. And I had to work with, so like I really started kind of looking at I think the jumping off point for me there was I looked at all of these different ways that humanity could go, and I mapped those out in my brain. Nice. And then an on Just a casual little Saturday. <laughs> Just a casual Saturday figuring what are out all the, the ways of that human, humanity. human society could oh go. Oh, my gosh. Gosh. We just had Lindsay on this podcast, and she would sit here going, mm-hmm, 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 because she mentored that book. Um, but it was – for me, I zoomed in on – um, it was the concept of, um, like, I was really obsessed at the time with the history of mining in America. Ooh, interesting. And I thought about that and how we would come to planets that were kind of untapped. Yeah. Um, like, untapped minerals, untapped, you know, who knows what's out there. And I was like, well, it's sci-fi. I can kind of do the science and then make the rest of it up. Hooray. Um, so I, you know, found this, you know, metal. And I was like, okay, it'd be really cool to, like, look at the perspective of a character who comes from this world in which you're, like, used for all your worth and then forgotten once they strike, you know, strike it big on this thing. And I zoomed in on that. Yeah. And this, like, space pirate character. You found the way so, that the, the world like, and the character had a, a parallel, which is awesome. They really did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, like, the... I, that's for me that for me is like i a book that i can enjoy is when the world mm-hmm. is a parallel to the character not saying it's better or it's right or whatever but i particularly enjoy when the world is reflective of the Agreed. character yeah and i think that I, that's just you know again that's one approach i think it's a more it's a very not very but i think ya specifically um prizes that maybe a little bit more than some other then specifically then adult again this is not like every book in YA or every book in adult but I think historically a lot of adult fantasy was just much more sprawling and expansive which again like is amazing I'm so impressed by Mm -hmm. authors that can do that and I think there are still thematic elements in those books that are just broader you know they're trying to tell a story of a society of a world I guess is the difference yes whereas I'm always trying to tell a story about a character or two characters and the world is there to serve them so if you are you know you know a lot of some of our most famous and revered science fiction and fantasy it's because they created entirely immersive worlds with all these different societies and all these different groups and you can imagine writing story after story after story and exploring these worlds and that's so cool um and so if you're someone who is aiming for that then i would argue that probably it makes a lot of sense to start with the world building to start with those to break it down to outline it to make sure you know all that stuff before you pick your character and what story you're going to tell um whereas if you're someone who is really starting with a character and building out your process is going to look very different. And the process looking different from the flip side of that, where you start with character and you build out. I've done that too before, where that's where the layering and revision comes oh, yeah, in. Yes. So there's a <laughs> there's always a revision oh, layer yes. for world building. Oh, yeah. And even then, like, I don't know about you. My dog is like, sorry. Hey, that's everybody. Cool. Duck is in hello, the background duck. playing. So if you hear him. Hi. Duck says, hello, I'm bored. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, sometimes I'll even revise for multiple layers of yep. world building. So if it's a magic system, I'll be like, okay, 
Let's see how much we explained <laughs> in this magic system and let's see what they need to know. And did I, okay, like there was a moment in doing this darn book that I've done, which is based on artisanal magic. So cool. So, so cool. I know. I love it. I'm very excited. Um, but there was a moment where at the end of revision and I was like, I think I'm done. And then there was a moment where I was like, wait. Is there a magic for architecture? Because Ooh, that could do some really cool stuff do cool in the book. Stuff. Right? What? Right? And I was like, oh no. <laughs> so like I had to go through and layer and be like, okay, we need to like I don't have to explain everything, but then I have to make sure that I don't like hint at it in chapter two and then never use it again. Yeah. Like I have to make sure it's consistent. Oh yeah. I, I recently had a, a bunch of additional readers for various reasons. And I had one friend who was brilliant. And asked me a question that I thought, oh, that's a question I should have thought about a long time ago. And I realized I did sort of have an answer, but it wasn't in the book. Because in my mind, I was like, meh, that happened somewhere else. Like, don't worry about it. And this this friend was like, yeah, but... But why? But who, though? And I was like, ah, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, okay, well... But why, though? And who, though? And I was like, okay, good point, good point. I will add that in. It's interesting to me that a lot of things I layer in later and other things I layer out later. (laughs) Like the things I need to know, I tend to overwrite in early drafts. I put a lot of information because I'm like, and now she's walking around looking at all the stuff she's looking at. And then later it's like, I don't need all of that stuff. Um, Whereas some of those, again, for me, because I start small and I, I zoom out, some of those uh-huh. things feel very peripheral to me. I then have to put them in. Yes. Um, yes. yes. Whereas I have a tendency to all the stuff that is directly relevant, I put too much of it into early drafts because I'm figuring it out. I'm writing it down because I'm uh-huh. figuring it out. And then I realize the reader does not want to read eight pages of me figuring out what the streets look like in this world. N- so no. I'm gonna 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 tweak no. those. I'm going to narrow that back down to uh, one half of a sentence. (laughs) And let me tell you, folks, try to make a map and you will be humbled. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Like, I can't. I was like. I've also thought about, like, my book. Have you realized that my book basically takes place in one city and no one talks about the outside? Look, I did the same thing, but then I just was like, the entire content has been destroyed. (laughs) Done. You cheated. I did. I totally cheated. I at least allude to other countries <laughs> no, where it's like, there okay, are no, maybe no, people look, have other magic systems. I created a world. There are three like, islands. No, it's there gone. There are three islands, and then there's continents, and we don't talk about the continents, Gosh. folks. We will in book two. We don't talk about Why the Why are you talking about world building then? <laughs> My world building was small. But, but Anna, I built worlds that are three-dimensional, and that's not a compliment. Yeah, there's They're literally three the three, them, like, right? these islands are really hilly, and then there's tunnels no. underneath the city, so there's a city, and then there's underground tunnels, and then someone's like, draw a map, and I'm like, uh, well, the city has layers, like an onion, Shrek, and also underneath it, there's <laughs> tunnels, and I don't know how to draw that. Can you just tell them to draw, like, you know how in science you have the, like, cut out of the earth where you get to see the core and stuff tell them to do that but for a no, city. but i was like how do i draw an amalfi coast city where everything is it's there's all these you know like tiers like it's all like yeah so if you're looking at it head on there are layers 
But then you can't see the tunnels because if you draw the tunnels, they don't look like anything unless you look from above. So from above, you have the tunnels. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. So I sent in this map and I was like, uh, here's rocks. This is a hill. There's a tunnel. I didn't draw the tunnel. It's okay. There's other towns. I don't know. My main character has never been there. I don't. <laughs> so... <laughs> Thank you, map maker. Thank you. Thank Hi. you, map maker. So Welcome much. to our podcast where we tell you all about how to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but see, I did the world building. I just don't know how no, to draw it. it. I don't know how to draw it. I can't draw. But, We've already talked about that on a previous episode where it was like, thank you. Do you remember oh our gosh. episode that literally starts with, thank you, thank artists. Thank you, artists. Thank you, artists. Thank you, artists. But now I'm like staring down the barrel of this poor person is going to be hired. And it's like, there's layers. Look at it from different angles. It's fine, though. And I just picture this person it's being like, cool. <sighs> okay, sure. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I'm like, this shape of the island yeah, doesn't I matter. Guess. It's not important. I'll draw pick, this map. Yeah, pick your favorite I'm gonna draw straws. <laughs> Yours is gonna be less. I know. Did you picture all the map makers being like, "I don't want it. I don't want." It. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not for nope. me. Nope. Nope. <laughs> hey, who's that new kid that we just hired? Yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> like, and I didn't even name the city. There's only one city on the island, so I called it the city. And they were like, "Do you want us to label it the city?" And I was like, "Well, that seems silly, but also I didn't give it a name." <laughs> no, but I didn't give what. <laughs> too many names anna fantasy has lots of names i'm sorry wait i just read your whole sorry i'm gonna curse on this podcast <laughs> i just read your whole ass book there's no name <laughs> no because the island is severio and they just live in the batman your book <laughs> it's the city what am I, what, because then in the opening chapters, then I have to explain the island, then I have to explain the city, then I have to explain the finestra, then I have to explain the fonts. It's a lot of things to explain, so it's just the city. Shut up, I hate you. Why is this so funny? <laughs> I literally asked my editor, they were like, well, so they said, like, should we label the city? And I was like, no, because it doesn't have a name. Unless oh, you want me to have a name, because I could come up with a name. <laughs> I have to write it into the book. Look, readers, it's a character-driven story. It's really good. The world is great. I have been told people love the world. It's great. It's great. It's that just last minute <laughs> the last race. minister or whatever it's called by the time you listen to this. But it's the penultimate painting. <laughs> but there, yeah, the city doesn't have an... If there's only one city, why would you name it? There's only... <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> okay, so I need to name the city. I was just feeling bad about how I didn't give mine a country name. Like, there's no country name. I have a country name. A country. I have an island name. There's a name. There's what if, with our powers combined. <laughs> what if I gave you the name of my city and you just have a French city? Combined. <laughs> in your Italian world. Yes. That's not world building. Also, for the record, I'm definitely butchering lots of Italian because nouns and verbs oh. are complicated. <sighs> uh, <laughs> where were <laughs> dying i'm gonna have to slice this up so look much. literally no one has ever noticed that i didn't name the city so i, I guess i can't fall yeah because like i read that book and i love that book again there's only one city why would you call it anything other than the city but it's just when you're looking at a map and you're like do we call do we label it the city because that feels see, silly we, excuse me emily that drew this great drawing <laughs> it's so bad oh my gosh. I probably sound like 
bag of us all <laughs> wacky racers or whatever right now. I'm wheezing. <laughs> Quality content. Very smart. Wow. <clears throat> Very. <laughs> and this is after, after being like, people are calling us smart on Twitter. We are guffawing into this microphone. We're not here to be oh, erudite. We're here to be approachable. Accessible. <laughs> Speaking of accessible, world building. <laughs> world building. Back to the topic at hand. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I had said that I, when it comes to kind of immediate world building, I do tend to, shall we say, info dump in my early drafts. Yeah. I just, I'm just exploring. I'm finding stuff out. I'm wandering around. I'm coming up with all the stuff. And yeah. so a big part of my revision process is like, Figuring out what can be cut and then figuring out what has to be redistributed. So what I often do is I will go through and I will hunt for world building or backstory or whatever. Mm, and I will cut yeah. it and I will put it all in a separate file or a separate Scrivener scene yes. or whatever. Um, and yes. then as I'm reading, I try to read it from the perspective of someone who doesn't know this world. And the uh -huh. second I hit a point where I think, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Then I go back to that kind of orphans file and I say, okay, what do they need to know right now? So that's my big strategy yes. for preventing info dumps is to, you know, it's not about how much information you present. In my mind, it's about how you present it and when. Because ideally you want your reader to connect with the characters, no matter what kind of book you're writing, you want your readers to connect with yes. the characters early on. So you need to give them as much character early as possible and then provide them with just enough world building at every stage of the process that they don't get mm -hmm. confused or have questions that are distracting mm -hmm. to them. So, yes. And it is yeah. the hardest part of writing speculative fiction. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the I think it was you uh you passed that information on to me and I think it was from Andrea, right? Like where yes. when you're <laughs> yes. looking especially at your first chapter, do not mention something unless you are prepared yes. and ready to explain it right then and there. And then once you've done that, go back and read yep. it. And if you are explaining so many things, you got to cut back. Absolutely. And you got to find, like, what can you explain? Like, what needs to be known right yep. now? That was Andrea, like, who does not listen do to podcasts. We've tried. She won't listen to podcasts. <laughs> Andrea's not listening to our podcast. She, she does not do podcasts. Someday. Perhaps. Andrea, we love you. But yeah, so Andrea, okay. again, I, you, I overworked my opening chapter to death to the point where, again, I, I hauled mm -hmm. you into a Google Doc and made you help me fix it. But there was a point, too, where I sent it to Andrea and she was like, this is all great, but also I think you should start over. Um, and her advice was mm -hmm. specifically start over, have one document that is the current stuff and one blank document and transfer things over bit by bit. And again... Uh -huh. Don't transfer over any world building unless you need it to understand what is happening right now. Because as we've talked about, yes. the opening chapters are such valuable real estate. Uh -huh. And she pointed out that the reason I was getting into a, a tailspin was because I would casually mention the continent, for example. And then readers would say, what's yep. the continent? What's on the continent? What's happening on the continent? And then I would have to explain that. And so suddenly the character yep. stuff was getting pushed out. And so she said, just don't mention the continent. Until chapter three, yeah. and then you have time to explain it. Just just cut exactly. that. So by cutting exactly. a bunch of world building, I cut the need for a bunch of world building, and then I explained it gradually right. over the course of the first, you know, 50 pages or so, which was a much more uh, delicate rollout, which again, super I, hard. Oh, gosh, yes. 
Sorry, no, no, go ahead. Super hard, um, but worth it. And I think readers appreciate it when they don't feel like they're like reading the story, stopping to read the world building. Reading the characters, stopping to read the world building. Like if you can sprinkle it in, which again makes it sound easy when it's not, but that's the goal. I'm over here doing my Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah. hand where <laughs> yes. it's like, yes. Um, like I I am such a stickler for I can mm, – okay. It's hard to give myself a compliment, so I'm going to try. I am very good at figuring out if you are, if a book is trying to relay information to me because it thinks I need to know it. Yep. Um, you know, especially when it's like two characters having a side thing where they're like, oh, but you, As you know, Bob, 50 years ago. <laughs> and I, you said it, and I was like, I'm so... I'm so good at finding that in yep. books, and I think that is the lesson I have learned to do in my own writing just now. Like, I'm still learning, and I'm still figuring it out, but I really kind of figured it out this time of, like, okay, it's okay. Like, mention the things you need to mention in the order that you need yeah. to mention them, which takes several revisions. Several revisions. But get <laughs> several, several, Because as an author, you okay might you need to know it, it earlier. I yes. needed to know about and Alessa Society before the reader needs to know about yes. Alessa. So I wrote it in the wrong place. And then I just went yes. bloop and put it in a different file. And exactly. then I sprinkled it back in. And that's the thing. is like redistributing. You used that word earlier. Um, and then sprinkling. Mm -hmm. Like this idea of, okay, I don't need to devote a whole scene or even half a scene or even a freaking quarter of a scene to two characters having this conversation where it's like, Here's the myth of our land, <laughs> or here's the way the world works fifty years ago, and it's like I don't, I don't need that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Like you can slip in little lines and have it in between scenes and in scene changes or whatever. Like there are lots of really cool ways to kind of slip in that world building. Um, you know, have them eating, like have them eating dinner, and then they're eating a dish that's like strange or foreign to the main character. And then you say, well, that was from, you know, that's like a layover from the war. Mm -hmm. And then automatically I know, oh, there was, there a, was war. a war. Yes. And there were cultural exchanges. Okay, cool. Move on. And it's so tempting as a writer to be like, oh, I have this character that could say all this stuff. I'm going to make them say all this stuff, which again, my vote is do it first draft and then cut it. Yep. Like my yes. opening chapter is at a funeral. There's a priest who gets up. He could happily explain the whole history of this world, but if he does, every reader is going to go, and I'm bored, goodbye. <laughs> so Absolutely. he doesn't, he gets, you know, a few lines before Alessa, my main character, is like, I'm not paying attention <laughs> because yes. she's heard it before. So it's just enough to clue the readers into some of the world building, and then I'm going to, I know I'm going to have to loop back to that later. But again, most right. readers don't want the entire history of the world handed to them in one big chunk. If they did, they would look for, like, the guidebook, not the story. Exactly. It exactly. never hurts. I've never read anyone or never heard anyone say in my life, I loved this book, but the world building was not all in one chunk. Like, that's usually not the complaint. Right. So, like, if you can roll it out gradually right. over time, it can't hurt. Right. And I think this also solves the problem of um, it used to, like – baffle me to write something and then be like, how do I, like, whenever I read a book, I'd be like, I, I just think like, these people are so smart. Like this person who wrote this book is so smart. How are they so smart? Like, how did they make me feel smart? Like, how did that yes. happen? And I think it's honestly, whenever you make the reader feel smart is because you have 
carefully gone through revision after revision after revision, just removing little yep. things to be like, I know you'll figure yes. it out. I know oh if gosh, I yes. say the believe war, in you'll your be readers. like, they will, they will put believe pieces in reader, together. Yes. If you, yes. And that, again, that's the hardest thing to do because as an author, you're like, I just want to make sure they get this. I don't want them to yes. miss this because I've thought about it for so long. But if you provide the right clues, they will get it and they will like it yes. more because they figured it out for themselves. Exactly. So, you know, I don't have a paragraph that says, this is a society that really values community. And because they value community, Alyssa really values community. And because she can't have it, she is sad now. Like, exactly. that feels like someone is patronizing you and you don't want that. So, again, as a writer, exactly. write it down. Write it all down. And then say, okay, just going to move you to the side. And also, like, what a cool word cutting trick. Like, when you – it is really fun. If you can look at it's a whole draft favorite. and get in there – and just highlight all the world building, go through it and say everything that is not 100% essential at this point in the story, I'm just going to scoot it on over. Right. And then I'm going to read through it again and say, okay, now yes, I'm confused because sure. I'm missing this bit of information. So here it comes. And uh -huh. it just, ah, uh, it's, it's a, that's probably my it's favorite so nice. revision pass. It's the like 12 revision passes later where I'm like, wait, did I say this yet? Did I not? Where I've forgotten what I've included. Because right. <laughs> it's almost like I, I'm at the point now. I used to freak out so much. Oh my gosh. Hi, Duck. This dog. Duck. Duck agrees that world building is hard. Is, he's like, this is hard. <laughs> hard. Hard. Um, podcast suck. <laughs> <laughs> Move. <laughs> um, Oh my gosh. I used to be so afraid of handing somebody a, my manuscript, mm -hmm. like handing a CP my manuscript and having them be like, I don't know what the hell is going <laughs> on. What are you doing? But now I would almost yep. prefer Same. that because then Same. it's like, okay, I love this character. But, but what's going on? <laughs> but why is, why, why, why is there no landmass? Why yep. is everybody on boats? I don't understand. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, actually I have. This oh, that's the most in informative when someone is reading through, when you've got it down to bare bones and someone says, okay, I loved it, but I don't understand this. Great. That's your, that's the place to put the little bit, the little bit of world building. Uh -huh. I'm at this place now. I've had, you know, I've had authenticity readers. I've had friends read. I've had other people read. And so I'm at the point now where when I do get a comment where someone says, I loved it, but I wasn't completely clear on why these people go there. Then I think, okay, uh -huh. great, wonderful, perfect. Because all it takes is a line, a line I have probably already written. And I just get to pick the perfect place to just like drop it in there. And suddenly uh -huh. everything's clear because I've written it, I've thought about it. But again, once you've revised a book a dozen times, I don't know what's there. Honestly. Exactly. My agent, my editor, we've all read this book so many times. So many and times. And so I'm a big advocate too of like having a new, have a new person read it with no context and just say flag yes. any single place where you get confused because that's probably a place where you can work in some exactly. world building. And if you're lucky enough to find somebody, I'm going to give uh, her a shout out because she's so wonderful at this. Uh, if you have an Emily Taylor in your corner. Oh, Emily Taylor, so um, she is so New good book at being deal like, announcement. Whoa, We've been yeah. hinting at this for so long. Yes, New Emily Taylor's deal. book comes Woo. out in 2022. We're very excited. Man. Yay. Um, yay. I told you my story. I told her my story, right? Did I tell you about uh, my story with her book? I don't know. I remembered it in the Pitch Wars uh, yeah. showcase, our Pitch Wars showcase. I remember it. And I remember being like, 
I'm too nervous to make friends, but oh, I really no, want she's this so book nice. so badly. <laughs> and then she was like, hello, how are you? Like three years later. And I was like, hi, I'm like your biggest fan. That was me with Shelby Murren. <laughs> I was like, on Twitter, I was like, someday I will get to read this book from my fellow 2017 Pitch Wars mentee. Right. Like, and after like 12 times, Shelby was like, you can have it. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're the best. Oh, thanks. <laughs> But I do the same thing, but in the opposite. Like, someone will be like, I can't wait to read your book. And I'm like, yay. And then I go back to my own little headspace and I'm like, I get off. No. They probably didn't meet. They were just being nice. I don't. Or like authors that are already published will be like, I'm so excited to read your book. And I'm like, I could ask them to read it. But no. I don't know. Like, I don't know how I went from like flinging my book at everyone to being like, they're just being nice. If I offered, that would be weird. Like, why would it be weird? No. (laughs) <laughs> Writer brains are fun. <laughs> they are fun. Um, somebody somebody on Instagram, I'll have to find a link to it, drew the uh, writer without an agent, like writer in the query trenches, and it just says imposter syndrome. Yep. And then it's like writer in the query trenches, or writer with an agent, and they just have write, uh, imposter syndrome and sunglasses. <laughs> writer with a book deal and an agent, sunglasses, and cool hat. <laughs> and so like true. they kept adding things. Like, it's so true. It's so true. It's so true. I spent years just, like, subtly begging for books because I was like, I don't have any right to ask to read this, but I hope they let me read this. And now I, like, have the book, and people are like, I would like to read your book. And I'm like, thank you. They don't mean that. And they're like, no, I would really like to read your book. And I'm like, that's so nice of you. (laughs) But, like, I feel like if I offer, I'm going to make it weird. Like, they just told you they want to read your book right. and i'm still like right. i don't know if i should right. offer for them to read a book because you know like like it's a hardship to be like here's yep. the book <laughs> i don't know here's your do you it. just said yeah. you want to read it's... the book and i'm like would you like to read the book and they're like i just i just told you i want to read the book and i'm like yeah but complicated but you don't mean <laughs> it i need you to do something to prove you mean it <laughs> Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Oh, not too long from now, I'm going to have a stack of arcs, and people are going to be like, I would like an arc. And I'll be like, thank you. And they'll be like, no, can I have an arc? And I'll be like, thank you. No. <laughs> That's, so bad. That's all Emily can say from now thank on. You thank for you. For wanting an arc, but I know you don't. I wish want everyone to... <laughs> could see the face you're making right now. My awkward thank face. You. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good thing I'm not in charge of marketing or publicity because I would be terrible. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, thanks for sending me all 15 of these ARCs or whatever number it is. And be like. Or someone would be like, I would like I to pre-order your book. And I would be like, that's a very nice thing to say. And they'd be like, no, seriously, how do I pre-order your book? And I'm like, oh, you're so sweet. And they're like, oh, my God, just give oh, me the link. So of you. <laughs> my apologies to anyone out there. Express interest everyone in at Wednesday book? Books is like, oh, yes, no. everyone at Wednesday Books is like, Emily, if they ask to pre order your book, give them. I don't have a pre order link yet, but I, I will, I will boost it. But yes, yeah, literally, when authors who I would love to blurb my book are like, I would like to read your book, and I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> I'm not helping myself here. Sorry, yeah, send me an email and I'll reply. Never, <laughs> oh, friends, anyway. Yes. Sorry, back, back on it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Literally one beer for you and one glass of wine for me, and we are a mess. It's been a hard day, okay? I'm trying to be not 
a teacher. Anyway, Emily Taylor constantly asks the question, why? <laughs> oh, why? so mean, but good. But why? <laughs> How? You said 10 pages ago, and you're like, yes, Emily, I know I said 10 pages ago. Just let me get away with it. <laughs> and she's like, nope. But why? But why? <laughs> But how? Why is it this way? Why is she mad? Why is this river here? Why? And you're like, thank you. I need to answer all these questions. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Well, good. Questions oh, yeah. are good. Questions are good. They're Process good. them. Accept them. Take them as cues. It's like what they always say. Like the whole like, uh, if someone tells you something is broken, they're probably right. If someone tells you how to fix it, they're probably wrong. And so if someone says, I don't understand this, or this doesn't make sense, or this is irrational, or whatever, they're pointing out a place where you could provide more information. Yes. The information they want you to provide is not necessarily <laughs> the information that you need to provide, but, like, right. note it. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, like, I don't know if this is, like, world building or revision, but you just hit on something that's kind of, like, another light bulb that's clicked recently is the um, – just because somebody says at a very specific point, like, oh, this doesn't quite work yet for me, or I'm confused, or this seems like a weird character jump, or whatever, does not mean that it's wrong. It means that you haven't left enough breadcrumbs, or yeah. you haven't explained enough beforehand, or you haven't done the legwork to get it there. And I think the same is true for world building. So totally. if you have this grand scheme for world building, and it's not quite hidden the way you want it to, it doesn't mean that the world building is wrong or flawed or weak it just means that you haven't slipped in enough of those details yeah. to make it what you whatever you were trying or in to my accomplish. case a lot of times it's because i took too much of it out yes and there are so many times yes. where in my head i'm like but i explained that in oh i did explain yeah. that and then i cut it yeah, and yeah, you yeah. have not seen it and the fact that it exists in the orphans file does not mean that it is in your brain Exactly. And so that's when I go back and I, I – so I also keep track. When I remove stuff and put it in this, what I call the orphans file, um, when I then put stuff back, I delete it from the orphans file so that I can very easily uh -huh. look at the orphans file and see what is included. And there are times where I look over it and I go, oh, yeah, I did cut the only line that explains right. X, Y, Z. Of course you don't know that. Because I never put it back. Sometimes I even have two orphans files that are like the orphans that are probably going to stay alone. I'm sorry. That's so terrible. And the orphans that like need a home. Again, sorry, yeah. orphans. But um, there because there are some that I know I need to put back. I don't know where they belong, but I know right. they need to go back. And others that I'm like, meh, they could right. go back or they could not. And that helps me just right. kind of prioritize it. Because when I look back at that orphans who need a home file, if there's anything left in there when the book is going on to the next person – it probably made a mistake because <laughs> that right, information right, right, is not right. there. And it, it gets really tricky too with critique partners that have read it multiple times, with agents, with editors, because once yes. you know something, you don't notice when it's not there because you know it already. Right. So, And the same thing can be said when you talk to – like because oh, yeah. one of the things that <laughs> I've run into is when I talk to them – yeah, it's like you and I talk all the time, and you're like, oh, okay, I definitely mm -hmm. know this thing is in there. And it's like, actually, it's, it's just in yep. your brain because <laughs> it's in my brain. And now I share Now it you're that you. person for book um, two because you know more about book two than anyone else on the planet. Uh, so, like, ooh, we're going to see if I'm going to be a good critique partner for uh, book oh, two. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I'm going to try and forget everything. No, that I think we it's good. I think it's good about. to have fresh eyes and people that know the whole story. 
Because yeah. then you can read it and be like, I like this and I like don't like this. And then when I get fresh reads and someone is like, I have no idea what's going on, you can be like, oh, yeah. But you oh, actually yeah. know what it is so we can fill in the gaps uh-huh. together. So Exactly, exactly. Because then it's not just you. Um, it's that – what was that message I sent you the other day that you were like, I literally like have tears. It was the we can mold the clay mold together. The clay. What if we <laughs> – because all I'm doing is adding water to dirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's literally making I'm mud making pies. Going, mud pies being like, oh goodness. But like today, no, like, no I had good stuff today. You're doing it. Good stuff. Not plot stuff. But who needs plot? I have plot. Oh, I have an outline. I have plot. plot. Now I need clay. You don't need plot. Look, I have a scene. See what I'm clues concerned. I can give. I have a scene where they discover bad stuffs hiding stuffs and there's a character who just decides to like pew 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 and it's cracking it's not a good explanation look my characters have magical powers i can't say which ones they go to the continent which is where the big big baddies come from and he has discovered a a, a big baddies place and is just deciding to like do his best to wipe them out and it's pew, pew, it's pew. a very pew 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 it's not it's probably not the characters. It's one of the other. It's it's one of the fonts. One of the fonts decides to use their magic to just like try and see if they can blitz some of the baddies, and it's fun. It's not it's so not plot though. It's just a character being like, "I have magic, baddies underground." Pew pew pew. Pew pew pew. I wonder what this will exactly. do. Pew pew pew. Yes. And another character being like, I don't think this is a good idea. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. One, I love that um, people might be listening to this and then they're going, I haven't even read the first book. <laughs> and then, anyone. and then when they get to the second book, they'll be like, wait, where's the pew 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 scene? I'm confused. You yeah, guys, this book doesn't come out for two more years. The <laughs> might not be in it, but look, I'll die. I think it's going to be in it. I'm going to keep it in it. <laughs> now you have to do that thing where it's like, well, I have to come up with a narrative reason for this scene. There to is, look, it's exist. connective tissue. <laughs> you need you have your plot points. This you is what them. I'd like to call my yes, baby. Exactly. No. I cannot kill this no. darling. It's a good darling. It's a good look. We talked about it on a podcast. Bunch of magical teenagers time. that are walking over the space where the bad guys are underground. You're gonna pew pew. Of course you're gonna pew pew. pew, pew. Of course you're gonna. You're gonna pew, try. Pew. <laughs> I swear we are not intoxicated. We're actually just this dumb in real life. I'm sorry. Friends. No, we really we really are. are though. Like that's the. Oh, that's the beauty of it. Like it's the the half a glass of wine is just enough to just take are. the professional veneer off, and now we're like, oh, that, this is actually that, us in reality. Yeah, it's just us. It's just us being like, well, we don't have to be stuffy. We're not professionals. <laughs> I don't have to have all my resources. I don't know, Anna. I don't, I don't think you're gonna have to edit is. this podcast at all. I think it's perfect. Uh it's going out as it is. <laughs> We might have to come back and revisit world building. Somebody's going to be like, they didn't talk about world building world at all. Building. Build a world. Send so us your follow-up you questions. get some Legos from the store. <laughs> <laughs> and you build a model of your world hey, with Legos. We've always said, like, we don't have, we're not telling you how to do it. We're just talking about ways that it can happen. I mean, it still says in our intro, right? Where it's like, we're not professional <laughs> we're not at all. Do I need to pull that clip <laughs> yeah. back out where it's just you and I being like, 
if you're here for actual writerly <laughs> advice, what are you doing? Exactly. There's so many other podcasts that do I that. I know, but they try. But, like, Please. does anyone really know? I think that's my question. Like, like I, I don't know. I love listening to podcasts or interviews where someone's like, it's chaos, but this is my chaos. And I'm like, yes, that is my chaos, too. That's my chaos, too. So, yeah. You know? Somebody said on Twitter recently that they were like, I look like they, they have quotes of us. Yeah. Like quotes we say written I, down. I honestly, hi, it was Allison. Hi, Allison. Um, if you would like to screenshot any of those quotes and send them to us, that would be great because I don't know what our quotes are and I would love our quotes. Oh my God. I would love our quotes. Me too. I'm just imagining the quotes we would write down from this yeah. one. Like, <laughs> 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 All right, well, my children oh are my going gosh. feral, so we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, my dog is going feral. He's got his really loud squeaky Same toy. Well, He's my children don't have like... squeaky. Well, they might have squeaky toys, honestly. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> Your children have another thing that's very dangerous called opposable they thumbs. They do. They do, and they've been told not to interrupt, and there's no other adult in the house, so that's great. <laughs> Emily, what's your goal for this oh, week? Anna, I wrote words that didn't hurt to write. I Yay. wrote I wrote like yeah. 800 words today, and they were fun. Because, Yay. again, I was writing pew, pew, pew scenes. And, like, pew, pew, I stuck pew. a bunch of characters in a rowboat, and they have to row in unison. And they cannot row in unison, Anna. Oh. They cannot row in unison. So it is. Oh, my God. Bickering. Lots of that bickering. That is so precious. Yes. Plot's overrated. No, I have a what plot. A I have an outline. It exists. Blah, blah, blah. Now I'm just trying to write the Whatever. scenes that are actually fun, and those are the ones that have not yeah. been showing up. So now they are, and I am excited Listen, about that. I'm embracing the idea of drafting something where it's like, this book has no yeah. plot, only feels. Only feels. And, put the plot um, later. We'll build a plot Totally. Later. Yeah. And I've also, like, I've got yep. back all of my authenticity reads, so I get to think about Yay. those and put those into practice. I actually have a rough schedule for copy edits and when all that happens, which is very exciting. So, yeah. Okay. So that's my goal is to write some more words, uh, to finish Do up it. my bio and all that stuff. And, um, yeah. So what's your goal? Yay. To read lots of stuff and watch lots of movies and not worry about writing because you're taking a break. Abs- Absolutely, yeah. I am taking a break. Yay. So I do not have any writerly goals other than to read Yay. a bunch and watch a bunch and query a bunch. Yes. So Yay. Whoop, whoop. Good. Fill that well. That's Fill it. that well. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. You got this. Oh, this was fun, this was so relaxing. Fun. I don't know if it was fun for listeners, but I hope I, it was because <laughs> it's so this is we've blast. been recording a lot of podcasts, but like not a lot of like just you and me. It's been a while. I yeah, yeah. and Anna's been working, and I've been like actually writing, which means we haven't been sending our voice messages, which is sadness, which is sad. Um, when I sent that one today, I was like, or was it today or yesterday that I was like sent both. one, whatever. <laughs> Both? Was it yesterday? Yes. Okay. It was the first one in a while. Yeah. It was the first one in a couple days. And I was like, I feel like such a dirtbag. <laughs> no, we just been busy. That's cool. Busy. Hey, so thank you all for yes. joining us for just me and Anna hanging out. Hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks for, yeah, this is just us getting to talk to each other. Yes. You were an active listener. <laughs> and we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs>Everyone, thank you again for listening to another episode of Basic Pitches. We super appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, we would super appreciate if you also went to iTunes and liked and subscribed to the show. It really helps us out. It helps us reach a broader audience. 
Um, as always, at the last Finestra on Goodreads, it's going to be great. You're going to want it in your hands. I'll see you next time. Bye, bitches.